We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Scottish Open, DraftKings picks, ownership, lineups, preview, plus the weather, the one and done, and the final betting card for the week as we go through everything. Reminder to all of you out there, smash the like button for the episode. Sub to Mayo Media Network. By just doing those two things, you will be entered in the Open Championship giveaway, and where this is the final major of 2023. Special giveaway, Tambo. You ready for this? What do you got? One person will be the winner of $2,000. Wow. Okay, here we go. (laughs) I'm I'm up in the ante this week. 2K. PM 2K over here. He's popping it up. 2,000 bucks for the winner. One winner only. One winner only. Easy transaction. Big winner. Yeah, that's the problem when it comes to (laughs) doing like, hey, I'll I'll divvy up the 2,000 bucks and this guy will get 750. This guy will be flat payouts in terms of the giveaways. (laughs) But then I have to like draw a bunch of names and I have to go and contact all the people. I don't want that hassle. How about one of you gets $2,000? easy stuff there are three major ways to get a bunch of ballots into this giveaway and we can do it over the course of the next 10 days or so because i'll be giving up the winner the week after the open championship show with feinberg on that monday because i think we have like 10 days of open content coming up starting on friday 
this week. So uh, easy way to do it. You can get one ballot in the draw just by retweeting or sharing anytime that you see an open championship and or British Open. Tweet, Facebook share, TikTok, whatever it is that comes out. You can tell a friend too. I mean, you just do that on the house. That would be very nice. <laughs> Try to pump up the volume this week in terms of the open championship content. However, Subscribe, rate, review, and download. You don't need to listen, but you can download the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple or Spotify. Five-star review, something you enjoy about the show. And leave your Twitter handle or email so I know how to contact you if you are a winner. So Spotify and Apple, those are the major ones. The other major one to get 15 ballots into the draw is subscribe to the free Mayo Media newsletter. That link is down in the description right now. Uh, Each of those tasks will get you 15 ballots in the $2,000 draw. And if you've already done it, if you've already left the reviews, leave another one to bump yourself to the very top of the list. But if you're already subscribed to the newsletter, you're already in the draw. How about that? Yeah, I like it. Are we still number two? Uh, right now, we're not. No. Come on. No. Did John Deere Classic did not pump up the volume on the <laughs> It doesn't numbers. help? No? That's, no. Scottish that's, is doing great traffic surprise. already this week. So I think people are pumped for early morning golf. And leading into a major is always good. I know this is an exciting one for most. I forgot about the time zone swap here. I'm always really excited for these events. And now I'm like, wait a minute. If it's legit, I think DK changed it to 3 a.m. our time. And I was like, man, I don't think I'm even staying up for that one. If it was 12, interested. Three, not so much. I'll wake up to it. Lock for the Scottish Open is 2.15 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. So, And I assume it's probably going to be right around there for the Open Championship as well. Because I think they're both in the PS time zone mm-hmm. pretty sure i have some great guests this week that's good we got ben so. coley on yeah player by player got steve bamford to break down the course with me for the research show you know best bets with cam and rob and then yeah. me and you and then me jeff and tim are gonna have the show on monday so a lot of good content and i we are going to do a cut sweat show for this one i might need your help on that one <laughs> uh, yeah this one this one would make more sense i think yeah because it's gonna be like you know 11 11 a.m yeah that kind of thing. But I, I get very excited for this. My new strategy for both Scottish and the Open Championship is I'm not going to do the thing where I used to do was just like wait up so I can watch first tee. I'm just going to wake up at like 5.30 a.m. And just, watch it from yeah. then. I'll miss the first two hours, like whatever. You're speaking my language. That's what I was saying. With the time zone change here and, and seeing that, I was like, I thought it was going to go a little earlier for some reason, but it didn't. So now I'm just going to go to bed proper time earlier, wake up earlier, and be able to check it out that way. That's the perfect setup. I think that is the perfect setup. Yeah. So yeah, $2,000 giveaway. Please help us out. Uh, spread the word of the Pat Mayo experience and help us out a lot. And maybe you can be $2,000 richer. Who knows? Could be one of them. One of you out there is going to get the money. So one of you will be $2,000 richer. Always nice. And it could be anywhere in the world. We always need those like Romanian reviews. We need those Australian and Great Britain reviews. All of them. Portugal. Jordan. Saudi Arabia. Doing very well. Pat Mayo experience. <laughs> there you go. So Romania Langesque. Is going to be where we're going to get it from. Okay, perfect. We'll talk about that later. So final betting card of the week. Um, Troy Merritt withdrew from the Barbasol to play in the Scottish. So I am not betting Troy Merritt at the Scottish Open. He doesn't fit the flow chart, by the way, for the Scottish. He he did for the Barbasol, though. He did. Definitely. But uh, it's just Lucas Glover, 35 to 1 at the Barbasol. That's all I got for the Barbasol. Do you have anyone for the Barbasol? I took the the bait on Gerard at 75. Really? Ryan Gerard, internet favorite? Yeah, not, people liked him. I, I thought it made some sense there. Uh, what about Peter Cust? You doing that one? No, not doing that one. And I think that's pretty much it. I played 10 lineups in the $15 on DraftKings with 10K up top and $100 to 10th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I, I didn't even think about playing Barbasol, to tell you the truth. Uh, it's, I thought about it until that. And now I'm just a degenerate playing a few lineups in it. But still, uh, no other real bets that I would worry about. I'm curious about the bets you've got for... 
The for, Scottish. For the Scottish. Okay. I ended up biting the bullet on Cantlay at 15 to 1. So I never really bet Cantlay, but I do like him at this venue. And I mean, you, you have to fade Scheffler, basically. As long as Scheffler still, I mean, he started to putt a little bit better. I heard short putts are important here. and Short putts can be very important, but putting overall is very easy. The thing that scares me about Scotty and why he's sort of like A-plus Spieth is that even when he's putting poorly, he'll make a 35-footer. That's not a problem. It's yep. those like two-foot putts yeah. that give him all the problems. So if he can knock those down, he's probably going to win. But I went with Cantlay at 15-1, to 1, just tee to green. Looking back overall at the previous champions of this event, Cantlay just kind of fits the mold. He was fourth here. A year ago, too, when Xander won last year, he had finished 10th the year before. So outside of Weisberger, who won the very first year at Renaissance Club at minus 22, everyone else had, like, you know, played in the tournament before, which Mm -hmm. is always nice to see. No first-timers have won at Renaissance Club in the four years that it's been here. I got Tyrrell Atten, like everyone else, at 24-1. to And you and I both bet Justin Thomas this week. My first foray into value-seeking with Justin Thomas. I haven't bit the bullet yet. I even had a couple laughs at people who've been doing it, but now I'm in. Yeah, now I'm, you can doing laugh at me. I'm doing the same way. I think he got to, I think he got higher than 40, though, recently. Like he's, he's He was 60 to 1 at, at PGA Champion or the U.S. Open, I think. Yeah, so this is easier field. This, this isn't and easier And he gets field. out of country, maybe gets it all set up. He was at Wimbledon, just chilling out with the boys. Now he comes back through, plays eighth and a ninth here, two of the three years he's played it. Well, uh, I mean, numbers of the Travelers were dialed in the, the, uh, previous, the, the week after whatever. He missed the cut, but it wasn't horrible on day two so tough tough to see tough to say but i'll definitely hop in here i think he's a better DraftKings play but i didn't mind him at the 40 with eight places no it's funny that you know last year or two years ago we had the conversation it was like man justin thomas broke 20 to 1 auto bet and then he would like immediately win every time that he cracked 20 to 1 now he's been over 40 for ages but it is the write-up that i have and this will be from the newsletter so i'm cribbing from the newsletter a little bit jt has two top tens and three scottish open lifetime starts but uh as i've explained to jeff a few times i'm just kind of banking on the change of scenery being good for him like he was horrendous yeah. around the greens in detroit i've never seen justin thomas perform so poorly it may have been the worst two rounds or one round stretch he's ever had he lost four and a half strokes in one round Think that's around the greens probably no. not but the thing is when you go back and look at it his bad rounds are horrendous right now he's still like where is it he's averaging over his past six or five of his past six rounds he's gained on approach and in those five rounds he's gaining almost two strokes on approach per round like those are justin thomas numbers but the week the the round that he lost coupled with the around the green he had bad approach he was like minus 1.5 and then lost four and a half strokes around the green like you're out of the tournament if that happens, he just needs to be able to make his bad rounds field average. And I also feel like this course just fine for a setup because it's not one like, oh, if you don't have your best stuff here, you can't. They, all, the guys can pop out. They play bad until they don't. Cam Young last week, look at him. Same thing, right? And he actually got ownership on DraftKings. We're talking about betting and Justin Thomas. My point being the week before Morikawa. Oh, he's been so bad, but then everyone hop, you know, hops off. He's, he's great. Last week, Cam Young, people stay, still stayed on, but people can bounce back. And JT is a guy just, I see it. As, as soon as he does one good thing, this betting number goes away, this DraftKings price goes away, it's gone. Poof. Like, just like that. Again, you mentioned a, a point pre-show that obviously maybe not enough time to adapt because the open pricing will come out like Friday or, th- or Thursday this week or something where you see it, you can't adapt to it yet. But he's a guy that will just pop right back up to the normal zone. Oh, he's back. That's what will happen when it does happen. We just don't know when that will be. It's funny because he, what is he this week on DraftKings? He's 80, $8,300. $8, so I'm guessing for the open next week, he's probably going to be 
eighty-four, eighty-five hundred dollars or even $8,200, somewhere around that range. Because like I said, the pricing is going to come out before the conclusion of this tournament. This is a stronger field. He'll get name value and recognition for being Justin Thomas, but he's fallen down that ladder. He is either going to be the lowest owned guy in the 8,000s or the highest owned guy on DraftKings at that price. Yeah, it's really insane when you just think about this guy and how good he is. Yeah. The wins, the majors, literally just won a major like a year and a half. What is it, a year ago? Like, this is the t- type of guy we're talking about. Like, he's just rode off and off the planet. It has been bad lately. The point is, though, is that's why we have value numbers. He's 40 or 50. Up to, I, I think you could get him 45 or 50 this week in some places, depending on how you want it. I took him with eight places, so I got 40. The DraftKings price is below the average price. Like you said, when he was 8,900 a couple years ago, and people were like, oh, JT 8,900, JT 20 to 1, auto bet, auto play, he goes out and wins the event that week. So it's one of those things. It's been, we've been doing it for a little while. It feels chasey, but I was surprised, Pat. I posted on Twitter as a joke, like pricing's out, but I made the picture with him and, and the price just to get the reactions. People weren't siding with where we're siding. People were saying, like, oh, you, I, you I would pay me way too expensive. The guy's a joke. There's no way. All these the things. The guy's a joke. Like, everyone, <laughs> man, like, people do not like this guy right now. They just can't stand him. So. And, that, and that's fine. And listen, I'm ready to eat crow when he finishes seven over after the first round. You're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, this is everything pointed to him being shitty. But I think that there is a place and time to jump in. And like I said, I've been kind of giggling at people who've been chasing the number. And now I'm chasing the number. So I would just say that like everyone gets their turn on the, the carousel. That's the difference of the money, though, man. The money matters. I talk about it in DFS with salary. Talk about it in betting. You're not. Ha- it's 40 to 1. It's not, or 45 in your case. It's not like you hopped in at 20 to 1 and we're like, oh, now he's going to get the job done. You're, you're hopping in at a bigger number. Because you know the minute he does one thing, it changes and goes away. Like, uh, of the guys in his price range on DraftKings and even on the betting board, like, he's behind Sam Burns in pricing. He's $100 more than Aberg. Uh, he's $200 more, $300 more than Connor and Adam Scott and Alex Smiley. Like, he's just a way better player than all those guys. Maybe, yeah. maybe not Aberg in three years. And one thing that takes a little bit away from Justin Thomas that adds to him as well at the same time, just to keep it on task here, is that the motivation factor this week, again, and of course with weather, which we're about to get to, all the other factors that go into it, there's a lot of motivation on the line for both sides right now when it comes to Ryder Cup, FedEx Cup, for a guy like Justin Thomas. Like you got to put something up at some point. And to your point there, that's the other fun part, the, the fun tilt equity, when all the people that were in on Justin Thomas now are off and we hop in and then we get him the week he finally does it. If that's the case, there's no there's no more fun than that when you're like, ah, so you guys shouldn't have bet him when you did. We got him at the right time. So uh, it'll, it'll be a good week. He's not my favorite on the board, but definitely didn't mind betting him at 40 with eight places. So Cantlay, Hatton, Thomas are the three mains and then I have six other ones because I couldn't help myself. Who we got? Aaron Rye, 66 to one with five places. I think that's going to be a pretty common bet this week. 75 with eight places. You weren't up early enough. I wasn't up early enough, Dang. no. Unfortunately, but it's I'll okay. take the 66 with five places. Uh, Adrian Moronk, 80 to one with five places and Kurt Kitayama, 90 to one with five places. And just more detail on Kitayama and Rye in the newsletter. But why, despite his very horrific form, I actually do like Kitayama this week. Mm-hmm. And then three bombs, Bjelk, 110 to one with 10 places. Thirsty Lawrence, 225 to one with 10 places. And Ross Fisher, 400 to one with 12 places. Yeah, don't hate that. He, I didn't get that one, but I don't hate that. He, well, he was 500 to one when he opened. I kind of missed, but I want to play with the 12 places. I don't expect Ross Fisher to win. Be nice if he won at 400 to one. But he showed some life last week. He had qualified. He missed the qualification for the Open Championship, but he had previously qualified for the U.S. Open. One bad round sank him in Denmark last week. He's had great success at Lynx courses in his career. He's had great success at this course. Great success. Good success for Ross Fisher yeah, at the Renaissance is, Club. Yeah, exactly. The same as Bjork. Like Bjork's never missed the cut. 
at the Renaissance Club, and he might be outside of Scotty Scheffler. Like when you take a look at like a grid of top performances over the past four months, Bjork's up there. I mean, he's playing against me, but that's correct. But it's definitely something, and again, that's priced in in the bet number, and it's priced in on DraftKings as well. A hundred percent, and like he leads the DP World Tour right now in scoring average. He's third in strokes gained approach. He's coming off a fantastic week where he got caught in the bad wave day one in Denmark when just a bunch of guys were over par, and he rallied back to come third or something like that. Approach stats last week, too, by the way, for guys like uh, Fisher, Bjork, those guys over there that had good weeks. Obviously, Rasmus had himself a pretty good week. We'll get to him probably later. But, yeah, those guys all really good weeks last week playing, so coming in strong. So that's where I'm going with the bedding card. For the one and done, I'm taking Fitz. Jeff is taking Ricky. And Cust is taking Scotland Scheffler. I think I lost my other one, but my one that's still in the mix, 300 or so, I, I also have Fitz. That's what I'm taking. He was the best of the guys, of the top guys for me. Best I had, I had left? I, again, I, I look, I did the tidbits today. I've been all over every article reading. I, I just don't see many people considering him at all. And then you go to DraftKings angle, he's 9,800. So he's sort of paid, he's priced up with guys like Cantlay and, and Hatton and Fleetwood are below him. But, man, I, I still have a, a thing. I think that Fitzpatrick could be good here, and he's been good enough to talk about in the past as well. So I, I don't mind him this week, and I like him for one and done being best on the board, 48% ownership or something. Should tell people that fantasynational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off. If you get the weekly today, Wednesday, you get Scottish Open and Barbasol and Open Championship and Barracuda all for the weekly price mm-hmm. with the 20% discount. So probably a good time to do that. Yeah. Build all of your lineups. Do all of your research. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. I'm looking at it right now. I have all the tea times are in, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't look at the tea times yet in terms of like making my picks, but I started the players that I know I want to play this week. And of the guys above $9,500, I only have three of them starting. It's Cantley, Fitz, and Hatton. Yeah. Fading everyone else. Cantley Fitz Hatton. Yeah. Okay. Hatton seems like he's in a good spot here. So we'll we'll get to that. I'm uh, does sure that ever work out well when Hatton's in a good spot? I feel like Hatton always spikes when no one wants him. Except for at the Canadian Open. Canadian Open, I was just gonna say it just happened. But he didn't win. No. But he put up an eight under round on Sunday that made it look really good. All right, let's talk about the weather. Many people are using the North Berwick wind tower, although I found that Deralton is closer to the course, so let's go with that one. Because right. it's up on the uh Northwestern part of the peninsula that the course is on between Gain and, you know, I'm just not even going to continue to butcher these <laughs> Scottish names. Either way, uh, the weather is, I mean, it looks pretty, fl- it's consistently windy, but pretty flat on Thursday from what I'm seeing. It's Friday where it amps up in the afternoon and then rain overnight. I should mention, I cashed out that prop bet of players under power. Under power? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I. What, what was the situation uh well i went back and i so i did the quick math uh on the show and i was like well it's a good price let's get in on it. i missed the 150 i got the plus 130 put down 350 bucks on it they offered me a cash out of 600 so i was like eh, let's take it because i started to go back and look obviously it would not have won last year and i wanted to see what happened with the weather the first two days because i think a big part of winning this bet like safely win this bet and i still think the bet is probably going to win i just want to get the free money a great way to get yourself banned, as it was pointed banned out. Banned for life. Banned for, for life from, from, the, from the sports book. Pat Mayo. Just, Sorry. Just taking out too much free money here. Yeah. Is that it was reduced from a par 71 to a par 70. So, I mean, there's four strokes right there. And the big year, because I went back and I watched the past three 
the highlights of the past three. Because uh, the DP World Tour does great work on YouTube. You try to go back and watch like round by round on the PGA Tour. It's all oh, chopped yeah. up into like two minute clips. Like I don't want to fucking watch this. Yeah. The European Tour is just like here's 20 minutes of the entire tournament. That's the best. It's like, like how the baseball games, when you have them, when like you can quick watch it. Yeah. That, that's what I like for golf. Like that's perfect for golf to catch up on it in some cases. I, I don't understand how they can be partners and have in the DP World Tour has far less budget. Yet their social, their online presence is outside of like getting stats is just way better mm-hmm. than the PGA Tour. They actually make it like you want to go and watch it if you miss something. You think seems, with those two merging, it would be like a way that they could balance this stuff out and get the best of both worlds, but that is not the case. No, that is never going to happen. Uh, either way, that like the minus two was the cut line uh, the year that like 94 people were under par, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, and I think that was like 30 players or something contributed to the players under par. Well, by today's standards, that cut line is plus two with right. exactly the same score. So we lose all those players and a bunch more who are under par. So I started getting queasy about it, and it does look very windy on Friday. And the one thing that really stood out to me from this course is that if it's like, I mean, it's going to be kind of wet because it's been raining in Scotland in this area. So I'm told by my Scottish friends. But the moment it gets like misty or windy, this course gets really hard. Mm-hmm. It's not even that it's really hard. You can still make birdies, but there's just a lot of big numbers in play. And that's what happened last year to Xander. Like Xander was, I mean, Tringali was nine under after the first round or 10 under or something crazy like that. He finished, like, I think he finished like one under. 10, 10 under, I think he shot 61, right? Was it? Yeah, he got to 11 under at one point in the first round. Yeah. And then I think he bogeyed the final hole. Either way, there's giant scores out there, but just you're not going to get the consistency. And when I saw this wind, I was like, yeah, and that can get kind of dicey because I needed the cut line to be under par for me to feel really good about it. Because when you take a look at the weekend, it, you know, there's rain overnight. There's going to, it's going to be misty. It might rain during the course on Sunday. It's projected for 40 mile per hour winds. Yeah. Like that's not a good situation to be in when it's 40 under, especially when only 24 finished under par last year. So I decided to take the free money. If people are wondering, why I did that. And those conditions sound really good for JT. We've seen it at the players. We saw it at the PGA Championship that year. He beats these weather waves, Pat. It doesn't matter. So yeah, It looks windy as fuck. Friday, and- especially, like just going back to just talking the first two rounds here, like you said, Thursday looks pretty solid across the board. It's windy, but it's at least standard across the board. I'd still probably want maybe morning guys for first round leader just to get out there. And if it has been a little wetter in the area and it was talking rain coming in, I wouldn't hate that. But when you look at it overall, Friday around 12, 30, 1 o'clock, it goes from... 9 to 10 miles per hour sustained with gusts up to 12 to 15 to 25-ish, give or take, sustained, and then gusts up to 35 later in the day, but even 30 midday, 29, 30, 31. So looks like there could be a PMAM. I always like that anyway. We'll talk more about it when we get into the DFS stuff, but I definitely think you could go that way. In Scotland, you could also go the other way, though, because this can change overnight. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I did want to play with that unpredictability when I had free money locked in. Agreed. Is essentially the way that I essentially bankrolled most of my outright bets this week. You already got it. That's so I've you, already you donated doubled the money your back. money, and you, they, they've got you covered on the other stuff. They're like, wait, this guy's betting Ross Fisher four hundred to one. Okay, we'll keep him. <laughs> yeah, around. he's fine. We're Don't, good. Uh, looking at the past fifty rounds now, I think the most anyone has. Aaron Badley actually has fifty rounds to qualify. So do so do Ricky and Spieth. But uh, the Fantasy National filter windy AF over seventeen mile per hour winds sustained throughout the course of the day. We're working on that too because now we have. 
uh, like hour by hour win data mm-hmm. that we're trying to incorporate into the system to say, you know, just because a guy played on a day where it was you know, 35 mile per hour wins, what if he played in a period where it was 10 mile per hour wins? That would severely skew. Oh, the old Brent Snedeker at the Pebble Beach Pro Air. Or, or even Phil and Stenson, the year that there was just the two of them at the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. There were like 10 guys who just played in optimal conditions for that week. And, and everyone two else guys really took advantage of it. Yeah, but even everyone else who played around, like Charles was around them and JB Holmes was around them. They all finished inside the top ten. Oh yeah. You needed that like exact they, wave of your wave lineup. Your yeah. wave stack for sure. I mean, that's something we can talk about even this week and next week as it pertains to DraftKings. That is micro wave stacking maybe the way that you want to go? Definitely makes sense. I think to uh, like to our, really our, just be like, hey, and you're not gonna know when the good period is gonna be, but like I'm gonna pick my six guys from like within tea times of half an hour. Of I feel like our, our friend Ben Rasa did that with his, I think he had a big win at one of the opens doing that as That's well. Right. I think it was like a hundred K win or something with just, it was like a micro stack. It was like, I stacked these guys from this wave in this range. And again, it makes perfect sense because if you do get that optimal, I know people will say like, that's crazy. You're looking for a perfect, Thing, but, but you are looking for a perfect thing. You're, that's, but it's also that's the added bonus upside that you could get the perfect thing. I always talk about this. People always think wave stacking in PGA golf has to be because of weather. That's a great start, but we get that shit wrong all the time. So the point is, even on weeks when it's not, like this week, if there was no weather, there could be. But the point is, they're, like the PM guys, if you go with PMAM this week, forget the weather we just talked about, you'd be leaving out Rory, Cantlay, Fleetwood, Spieth, uh, Min Woo, some of the guys that are more popular, Justin Thomas, Aberg, like all those guys are popular going out in the AM. Even if there wasn't weather, Pat, you would still get really good golfers on the other side in the PM wave, starting with Scotty Scheffler, by the way. But if weather pops up, that's the added bonus. If the microwave pops up as the best optimal spot, added bonus. But that's why people had wave stack lineups with Henrik and Phil that year is because they stacked waves and happened to get the optimal wave within it. So I, I don't hate it ever. But I think people focus too much on just the weather because that's the best way to go about it. But there is other added benefits to it as well. There are. But specifically what I was talking about, especially at these two tournaments where you know that, I mean, it's Scotland. I mean, we live in North America, Scotland, essentially, Mm -hmm. in terms of weather. We might walk outside, it's pouring rain. And then like an hour later, it's fine. (laughs) Yep. Definitely a good reason to do it for sure. Yeah. It's a lot like the Florida courses in a weird way. I did notice, and it's not like 1v1 for everyone. But another reason, like, the reason I like Kitayama this week is he plays great at coastal courses. He was second here last year, but throw that out. Great at coastal courses over the course of his career. Great Lynx experience. Good Lynx player. Um, And guys that have performed well at the API play well at this course. Hmm. There's your hat and play. There's the hat and play. There's the Kitayama play. Fitz continuously plays well. Fleetwood's played well at all of them. Who won this year again? Kitayama. Kitayama. Oh, that's what was the breakout. Yeah. Yeah. The project came through and got the job done. Finally did it. Yeah. So... Interesting to see. Weather-wise, I'm looking at it right now. So windy AF, before I totally forget, most strokes gained over the past 50 per round with like, let's call it 10 qualifying, eight qualifying rounds. So I can mention Tom Kim the same. Uh, Scotty's the best. Scotty and Lowry and Robert McIntyre are all actually tied for the best in super windy conditions. Obviously, it's not all from this course. It's from a myriad of courses. So Cantlay, Fleetwood, Justin Thomas, Adam Scott, Lucas Herbert, Nikolai Colsair, Max Homa are next in that range. Then it's Tom Kim, Rory Sungjae, Eckroat, only has six rounds. Fitzpatrick and Cam Davis is up there as well. I think he's interesting this week. He's interesting every week. It just depends on what you get out of him. But the, uh, you know, the idea here that he can just put it out there and do his thing, it's, if he can get creative, could be okay. 7,300. Let's talk about one and done. How did we do last week? We kind of treaded. We had Cam Young, so we basically treaded water. 
It's a good pick. It was a good pick, but it didn't come through. No. Could have. That shot on nine to two feet, I was like, damn, he's actually going to do this. He, uh, and then he did nothing. We should have went with nine. Cust and went with Aberg. Mm-hmm. Crazy he, round. Everyone that went out early on Sunday, kind of. Like even Straka went out earlier than the rest. Um, Steven Yeager, Aberg, some of those guys. All I think Power was another guy. Anyone who went out early had good rounds. After that, it was like three under, four under at best. So, yeah, good, good week for us, but not what we needed. So what are we doing this week? Who do we got left? In terms of odds, we have four guys. Ricky is our highest, lowest odds player who we have available to us. Fleetwood, Minwoo, and Aberg. Then it's what, like Connors, if, Lucas Herbert, Sungjae. We said something about Ricky last week, though. Did we? I think we were saving Ricky for this week. Were we? I think so. Okay. Ricky, it is. Well, because I think that's what we said. I can't remember perfectly, but I thought we had said if we use him last week. Uh, for, I forget now what we said, man. Just last week was. We can, we can also use Justin Rose, who's been used by 50% of people in the one and done. I don't think he's going to be a super popular selection. You're looking at like 3 4% with him. Played really well with the British Masters two weeks ago, so he's been over there for a while. I like him DraftKings-wise. I didn't like the 50-1 to 1 price tag on his outright bet, but I do like him this week. I like Justin Rose, too. Um, man. Do, you, do you like him better than Rye and Kitayama? Definitely better than those guys. Yeah, I think we, yeah. just, we, we got enough to play with up top of good names, and there is people, a lot of people are playing the Hattons, the Fleetwoods, the, the other guys that they want to get their hands on. They just have nowhere else to really save them for. What's Ricky's ownership right now? He's been used by 55% of people in the one and done. Surprising. What's um, Justin Rose? Justin Rose, 50%. So similar. We're not really getting much. So Ricky's 45 and he's 50? Yeah, I would, just ha- I would wager that Ricky is just objectively, of the people who have both remaining, that most people are going to lean Ricky. Oh, for sure there. It's more of like Ricky versus what do other people have left in the other spots. <sighs> Lastly, what are we saving Ricky for? I don't know. I'm just trying what are we to think. Saving, is, we're not saving Rose for anything. We could save Ricky for next week. He's 22 to 1 to win. Yeah. It's, it's funny how his odds just immediately skyrocketed. Did, did you get the, uh, there was an 80 to 1 at the PGA. Oh, I didn't get that, no. That, that was a nice one. Um, okay, so. I will say that Fitz is probably the play. Fitz or Lowry. We don't have them available, but they're pretty widely available to people. So I think that's what I'm saying. I think people go Fitz. I think we will go Hatton, Fleetwood, Lowry, Fitz, like that range, starting with those two up top, a little bit of a gap to those next two. I definitely think people go there. People do have Ricky, though, but I, I could have swore that we said we weren't going to use Ricky. In Detroit when he won? And he won. And we thought we were like, let's save him for the Scott. We were like, he's won a Scottish Open before, and we said that. Different so, course. Totally different, yes. I believe he won at Castle Stewart. It's up to you. Do you want to use Ricky this week or next? Let's use Ricky this week. Yeah. That's, that's how I think we do it. All right, so Ricky's going to be our one-and-done pick for the week. I don't hate it at 45% either. No, because he'll be 5% probably max. Yeah, try and get a, a good run out of him here. It would be a nice spot to have, like, Xander or Cantlay left. Like, if I had one of those two left, I'd probably use them this week. Yeah, I don't know if many do, man. I got no I got No, they're, they're, they're both, like, 10% available to yeah. people. So 10% of people have them. Those could be, like, people who are in last place who'd stop picking. True. So... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I like it. DraftKings picks lineups for the week. What do you want to build first? Do you want to build what we think is objectively the like chalky lineup? Well, I want to ask you real quick now that we did this, because we're always the ones that end up seemingly talking about this, and then everyone starts bringing it up, or others start adding on to it as the other shows go on. But, like, the weather, do you think this is going to be a thing now? Do you think PMAM guys are going to pick up steam with how that weather looks Friday afternoon as of now? I think that people have been burned enough by the wave stacks. That we know they don't do it enough sometimes, too, by the way. Yeah, we, we know that they don't do it enough. Even, even in the weeks where you know, we say you to do it, and... No one actually does it. Yeah, it's like 6% yeah. or something like that really went all in on the wave, 1% the opposite. So it's picked up a little bit since then, but still, I don't know if it will. So I think we could just build what is the chalky lineup. Yeah, I think so too. And even looking at it right now, like there's rain forecasted starting at like 4 p.m. on Friday. Like if that just moves up three hours, now we're in a player's championship situation. Although they'll probably make them play in the rain because it's Scotland mm-hmm. and these courses can handle it. See if the players can handle it. That's right. But... You know, if it gets delayed, all of a sudden your win stack doesn't mean fuck all. That's right. That's That was the problem with the players. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been a problem a couple of times now. We keep getting caught in the, oh, we picked the right this, wave. This oh, no. Like, this looks like just rain, though. Like you said, they're going through that. You deal with it. Oh, I would agree. I think that's what they're going to do. So I'm with you there. What, where do you think most people are starting this week up at the top? Scheffler. Yeah. Kind of feels that way. I think, you know, people thought Rory, but I think that people just find the money. There's all kinds of guys you can talk yourself into at the bottom, too. And Scheffler definitely rates out better. The guy's obviously on the insane run. For, you know, bar more wins, he's been absolutely incredible. I think I was looking back yesterday. It was like October of last year since he got a 45th at the CJ Cup. But before that was like a second and third at the Tour Championship in the BMW or something. So the guy's run is just insane. 11th or better in pretty much every tournament he's played. Mostly top fives, to be honest. I mean, is he's come inside the top five in each of his six past tournaments. Yeah. That's pretty good, so. we'll, from, we'll, from what I hear. Missed we'll, the cut here last year. Someone asked, are you, are you weighing that, Pat? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah. Can't play this course. Missed, missed the cut once. This is the course he sucks. That'll be the reason that people would go to, though, if he does play bad here. Like, well, yeah, what well, are they going to go to? Rory, who's never played well with this course? That's my point, yeah. So. Missed the, what was it? Missed the cut two years ago, and then the first time got like 34th or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, Scheffler at least has a T12 here. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I just think we can start with them and see where the money gets us. If we need to drop down, you can go down. I, I guess my other question is then, before we start this, what do you think about the Hatton Fleetwood lineups? So it leaves you 7,700. That seems pretty popular, too. I, I would agree. So what I'm seeing right now, in terms of the most owned for the week, uh, Scheffler, Rory, Hatton, Fleetwood. Would be my guesses as the four. Yeah. And then I think there's some other outside factors of things that you just probably don't expect, but like... Tigala always gets ownership no matter what. Yeah. He's 7,600. He's a- Aberg is going to be popular. Aberg is a guy that's like that. I think even um, Ricky, even though he's squeezed, still just balances out the Hatton and Fleetwood stuff and comes in slightly below it. But if they're like tw- if they're 17 to 20, you'll still see Ricky be like 15 to 18. 
which is right behind them. Going down the list, trying to identify the guys from the bottom that are getting a lot of love this week, it seems like Eric Cole is going to be the most popular of the cheaper guys. He's at 7,400. Ryan Fox is at 7,500. Bjork is at 73, although I don't think the public's going to be on Bjork. I'd be blown away if Eric Cole tops 7%. I mean, I have him at a range between 8.5 and 12 right now. Yeah, we're cutting. I mean, that's a, that definitely, Matt, like you're, like I said, I don't care about the 1% to 2% no, no, there, no, but, but, but I just don't see him as the guy. I think Fox would get more ownership. I think Thigala up above. And if you go down low, I think like Moronk, Bjork, you, people love Bjork. Yeah, they, how, who actually loves Bjork? Everybody. Everyone you know loves Bjork. No, I talk about the bubble thing all the time. I'm saying, like, literally everybody. I'm in the Discord all day. Like, everyone's bringing well, him up. Of course, the Discord is a bubble. It's part of the bubble. <laughs> I'm saying, but when you can, you know, casual players bringing it up it, within the bubble, that's when you also know. I just, again, I see him and Moronk look like guys that will be a little bit more popular down here. But also, by the way, the bottom 7K range is getting no love in general outside of a couple guys. Like, that's actually the dead range. The people that are, where people are going is Woodland, Thigala, Herbert, Rye, Smalley, all those guys at the top are, are where you go. And it also works because when you go the Hatton Fleetwood route, you land in that zone. When you start with Scotty, you land in that zone. So it makes perfect sense where the ownership's going this week. Are you going to play Hoygaard? Which one? Nikolai? Doubtful. Maybe, maybe Rasmus. You'll play Rasmus? I might give him a, a skill bump based on the fact, again, obviously Rye, Herbert, guys like that pop out around him. But just looking at the numbers last week and Rasmus, how good he's been doing. He's also the conversation around the, the Ryder Cup of like, did Straka and Rasmus get their spot last week by getting the wins? Well, no, they didn't. You, you get you. It's definitely a good angle for them. But how do you solidify your spot? You come back and do it again, or in this case, at seventy seven hundred for Rasmus, you just have to repeat that type of performance, get a top ten or something like that. And his approach game was pretty solid last week over the four rounds. So don't hate him. Um, the projection sites won't like him at all because of what's around him. PGA Tour players that you expect and know and see. Guys like Herbert, who win. Rye, who has won here before, but also has been playing really good lately. Rye kind of fits any any model too here, right, Pat? I think just because if you look at him from, if it gets super windy, what's his game? Is scrambling and putting it to three or four feet? You hope he makes those, but well, that's he, a balance, <clears throat> you know, balancing act where you're, again, you want that guy. You're taking chances on that guy. And hoping that it's Rye. And if it's not him, then you're in trouble anyway. So A lot of people are taking the chance on Rye this week, by the way. They are. Well, that's what I said. That's where the ownership's going. I got him in between 17 and 20. Yeah. I think he's one of the most popular guys at 7,800. I will not be playing Lucas Herbert, and I can't wait for him to gain 10 strokes putting plus chipping and come in third place again. <laughs> but it's really tough to go through his numbers and make like a... He did win in the ISPS. Japan. It was in Australia, wasn't it? Was it? I, I thought, thought it was in Australia. It might have been. I thought it was like the ISPS hand, Honda. Yeah, it was the Handa. Isn't that in Australia? Maybe. Either way, he won that like the week that the Heritage was going on or something, the week after the Heritage. But he's been god-awful. Yeah, in Japan. In Japan. It was in Japan. So yeah, he won that. Yeah. And then he finished inside like the – I think he made it to the quarterfinals of the match play. Yeah, Australian Lucas Herbert wins in Japan. Yes, that's where you got. That's yeah, then you got. I'm getting it all twisted in my head. Either that's way, okay. I know that I know that he won. Mm -hmm. But if like if he's not chipping and putting, he's fucking useless. Yeah, <laughs> him and Rye are very similar in that. But Rye can't putt. But that's Rye true. putts well on fescue. Like the slower the greens, the better he putts. And one of the reasons that he plays so well on these types of courses that even when it gets super windy, the guy hits it like 270 down the middle every time. Yeah. He just hits his hybrids. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people don't give Raya... He gets a bad rap because he has iron covers and wears two, two gloves. gloves. Mind you, his results show much better than that, and that has nothing to do with it, so that's just a, a talking piece. But 
that is something to be said though, Pat, for this, like for your single entries and your three max and your higher dollar and stuff, you could make a case against Rye and Herbert pretty quickly and just say, let's just avoid this range if we can and try and find out what a good build looks like without stopping here. Because a lot of the original builds we looked at, whether it's a 10K and 9K and drop down, a Scotty and a 9K and drop down, whatever, or a flat uh, he, um, Hatton and a Fleetwood, sorry, and drop down, you land in this range. So it's very easy just to get on this this um, grouping I'm of not, guys here. I'm not seeing the love for Moronk you are. I'm seeing like 7%, probably max. Yeah, I guess that matters when you look at who do you see over 1%. There's like nobody there. Sure. Like but, your Luton play is not going to get ownership. Yannick Paul not going to get ownership. KH Lee not going to get ownership. Norin maybe gets a little love. I, I'm seeing some love for Norin this week. Yeah, five, I see like 5% maybe. K- Kitayama will be like 5 6 7%. Ekrot's going to be somewhat popular, I think. I, it, it shows that. I don't know if people actually get to it, to be honest. But yeah, you're, 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 you could be right. Uh, I think Bobby Mack is a guy like Thigala that always gets some late love in these types of tournaments because people just say, oh, it's now, I mean, it's a Scottish event and all these factors. I bet him at 90 to one with eight places. I thought, good spot. He actually looked okay um, last week as well. So I think he could get some love, but I I don't know. I don't see anyone down here. The ultimate play is actually at 7K, the flop leg of the year, Patrick Rogers, 7,000. Nobody wants him anymore. Did he even play last week? Oh yeah. I thought he WD'd last week. No, missed the cut. Shot a 70-69, not going to cut it at uh, John Deere Classic was as high as 24% in the Fantasy Golf World Championship round two. How are people doing in people that? People played them. Uh, there was one week where, like, no one had a six of six, basically. Yeah, last week was a tough week as well, and it was insane, the, the sweat down the stretch. My buddy Todd, shout out TYA, got in. He is going to the, be there, and, he, and lots of other good players as well, but he uh, was sweating it down the stretch, came dead, came in the last place spot, the 40th place to move on, because it was a, a tie of a group of, like, four lineups. But everyone failed down the stretch, like Kirk, uh, Chris Kirk, Lost his all four under 70 bonus. That would have bumped him and people needed it. Uh, Denny McCarthy missed a, a birdie to, to get it. Like just everything that you needed. Adam Shank missed an 11 footer at the last, which was a birdie streak, the birdie, the position placement points. <laughs> and he was already solidified for his all four under 70, but those other three factors would have crushed as well. So just a, a crazy run out the way those tournaments go. But yeah, Patrick Rogers last week, super popular. Nobody wants him now. He's 7K. Well, you could play better Patrick Rogers, Thirsty Lawrence for cheaper. Guy that wins on the Euro Tour, yeah. Yeah. Came T25 at this tournament last year, too. Mm-hmm. Won three weeks ago. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that because you always bet the guy. That's why you <laughs> think DP World Tour betting's easy. And everyone else is like, Pat's a maniac. That's <laughs> not true. We get crushed every single time we bet this tour. Uh, let's see here. Who else? I, I had questions about Pablo Lazarzabal, who wins like every 10 weeks on the Euro Tour and then misses <laughs> the cut the other times. Yeah. But he's like, if it gets like super shitty weather, he's like discount Lucas Herbert is the way that I would kind of describe what his game is. Like, he's just going to scramble his ass off, you have but he's actually super cheap. Yeah. How much is he? 67, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he is. I think, man, that's the other thing. There's just so many other, it's just not the best range. I don't think, I guess one of the things and the takes I saw that I thought was interesting was that, you know, the, all the Euro guys. And I said this yesterday on the show with hoop that we did over at ship it nation YouTube, where it was like. The Euro guys become now like the 6K range, and now we're also doubling down. And my take always has been on the 6K range. There's 98 guys. No shit when 30 or 40 of them make the cut. But like, did you have that version of the three guys that nobody was on? So you have to really take your stands. 
This week, we're doing it with the 6K range and with Euro guys in the 6K range because they people saw the leaderboard last year host, what was it, three or four of them up top there and like, oh, but it's going to happen again. But do you know the guys that it's going to be? You have to take your chances. Many people are just going to sprinkle three or 4% of all these guys down here. I think you just got to pick your dudes and roll with it. Uh, so yeah, the, the ones that I'd be going with, uh, Ben Raza's guy, Maximilian Kiefer. Okay. Is at 69, <laughs> 6,800. Yeah. Thirsty Lawrence is at 6,800. Lathavabal is at 6,700. I was looking at Ewan McPherson as well. Knock off Ricky Fowler? Knock off Ricky Fowler, yeah. yeah. He's, you know, he's been putting in some good efforts on Euro. He is Scottish, has made the cut both times that he's played in this event. And this seems to be some of the better form that he's coming in with right now. Like, I think I like him more than, let's say, like a, a Robbie Shelton this week or a Rafa, even Sam Ryder. Wacky Valamaki's way down there, though. I'm I'm just going to go back to Calum Taren. Or Kelly Smuja. 6,500 for Calum Taren. We've just been playing him in other events that are, you know, are, are fine here, I think. And he gets back overseas now. Maybe he finds something over there. I think he's fine down here. Who's the other guy I was looking at? Matthew Southgate. Southgate Southgate's been playing a little bit better recently. Yeah, I like him. Top 10 last week. Are we going to play Romain Langescu? think i don't know like this is a guy again like i'm only picking a few down here and he was the one i was going to ask you about because he's also the guy that i remember a couple weeks ago we were in studio and i was like do the do the french accent guy and that was one of them so that that's the that's the guy so romaine i think is is definitely interesting he fits the mold the other one i'd look at like just i think otagi's a good player i think so too but it's funny that he's allowed back in this tournament it's weird how that works i know he went to live for Mm -hmm. one tournament that was it. Wasn't was he the one that only went for one? Yeah, I think he was. He was in the very first live event. He definitely yeah. was. I thought he was in more. I thought that was somebody else that went for one and then didn't get back in. Maybe it was. Um, I was going to ask about one guy though, just not to move off that too quick, but just Davis Riley, sixty nine hundred. I, I mean, I'd rather play my guy, the the, the Dutch Jerry Curl, Jaus Louten. Something about him. So two two gut feels that stood out. One you already said earlier was used juiced. The juice, boy, lo- the, juice. the juice loosener. Yes, to him. Something about that, and, and then the Ross Fisher play is the the two that sort of stood out for me. But well, Ross Fisher's sixty three hundred bucks. That's the only reason he might make it in for me. Is this I mean, just if it, you need a cheap guy, you saved my ass last week with that merit call because yep. I ended up playing him in my main lineup. That was the, that it, was the flow chart, and it allowed me to jam it in. Just so people are aware, because I might have missed it. Is is Troy Merritt in the field now? He is. Yes, sponsors inf- invite. Is Troy Merritt cheap? Yes. Okay, we're still moving in the du- direction. Is it going to be a birdie fest? No. So you don't. It could it. be. I don't think so. I don't. Th- I don't think it's going to be either. But it could be. Yeah. Then get on your guy at sixty two hundred. But I'll uh, I'll try Ross Fisher out at sixty three. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Like Valamaki is sixty four hundred dollars. I just find he always plays better in bad conditions. You love that guy too. So you should you you do the best job of this for what people. What I'm trying to portray. <laughs> maybe doing a bad job for people to understand those. It's okay to pick your euros and play them down here. But do what Pat's doing and playing his guys. He plays Wacky Valamaki and talks about it all the time. He loves Thirsty Thriston Lawrence. He plays him. These are the guys you're playing, and you're sprinkling a couple others. But you don't, you're not picking. You're not saying, "Oh, but this guy has this." But this guy, you can talk about it. But you're not clicking every single one you say, so that you end up with three percent of each of them, and then go, "Oh, damn my my Romaine guy. I played him in two lineups, and it and it sucked. I got four or six in both." If you had conviction on him, why didn't you actually play him? You played oh, him in two lineups for sure. Like just looking at it right now, I'll probably end up like I will probably play like. 10 to 15 percent of each of these guys mm-hmm. i'm guessing and then I'll, I'll put a hard cap on a couple of them where i don't go below moronk or bjork or in any lineup yeah and last just to end the rant but my other piece is we talked about this already when we go into lineup construction we're going to see this nobody is really playing guys 7400 and down there's a couple guys yes i don't mean nobody but there's 30 guys from 7400 to 7k rogers 
Patty the Batty Harrington, Victor Perez. I think I think Harrington's going to have ownership this week. Of what? Five percent? Yeah, sure. That's well, that'll make him one of the like. Yeah, sure, but that's that, different than the zero percent. Ninety-five percent of the field is not playing him. Yeah, uh, Bez. Why wouldn't you like Bez going back over here, especially if it ends up becoming a grind? A little bit of that, you could do it. Moronk, Cam Davis, Bjork, who we think will get the ownership. My point is just, I, I just don't see where you have to go find your guys down there to say you had the diamond in the rough that hit when you can play all these guys in this range that just are all 5% or less, minus maybe Bjork and Moronk, to my point, that I think they'll get a little bit. Maybe Cam Davis, by the way, could get a little late steam as well. Jordan, people, Jordan Smith will get steam too. I like Jordan Smith this week. I yeah, just, he'll, he will definitely get steam. 1% to 5%. Uh, I mean, on Fantasy National, we got him at 8.8%. People who use Fantasy National like Jordan Smith this week. Yeah. Probably not like the rest of the world. It's but. possible. Uh, again, if he comes in at six, I'm not going to be like, oh, shit. That, hey, that's, again, people make that all the time. He Nor- had a hole-in-one in the first round here last year, as I watched in that recap that I saw. And then he almost made a hole-in-one on the same hole again in the third round. Sounds like we should be playing him. Sounds, sounds like we great should be bonus, Great more. bonus upside for Jordan Especially if it's a position placements point week, and we do get a tougher week with that wind. Those uh, hole-in-ones will really add up when he just finds his way gliding up the board slowly. So There's a lot of random chip-ins at this tournament. By the yeah, way, that'll be fun. Like having a, I don't even know if it's a good short game though, is the weird part. So about you need it. like, we need Spieth. We need. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny you mentioned Spieth because I was watching like the final, it was either the third or final round coverage from last year because I bet on Spieth last year and it seemed like he was done and he left himself like 70 yards on a drive in one of the short part fours in. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just one hop in. They... Fit, fits chipping in from the fescue, shit like that. That's why I'm fading Hovland, by the way. I know that he's fixed his chipping problems, but like, He's okay at chipping at, like, normal courses now. Get him on this, like, he's like a robot is the way that I, I mean, I feel like Aberg's very much the same way. Maybe it's a a bias that I have against Scandinavian players. Although (laughs) Thomas Bjorn definitely does not fit that build. He is more of the guy that I would kind of want at this course. Thomas Bjorn? Thomas, I mean, he's he's like fifty now. Yeah, yeah, he WD too, by the way. Oh, he's did out. he WD? Yeah, he WD. But everyone thought this morning it was Alexander Bjork. That's why I said ah. even everyone it, like people when people are freaking out that Thomas Bjorn might be Alexander Bjork. That's how I know. I'm like, okay, people are playing this guy for sure. <laughs> that's but a, that's a good call. But they're like robots sent mm-hmm. from the future to be great at golf. The Aberg one, for sure. Yeah, Aberg for sure. But like, even when Spieth sucked, he was really good at like this tournament in the Open Championship. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you might have to play it off that bank over there to roll it down. It's the only way you can get access to the hole. I don't think Hovland has that as a part of his game. I really don't. I have to ask you, though, because that is a good point. But on the flip side of what you know, I was thinking yesterday and talked through it a little bit, and others have mentioned it, is that also, remember last year, again, totally different. St. Andrews, of course, not the same court. I'm just saying, but when he went there, everyone's like, oh... His chipping sucks. His around the green game's terrible, but then he didn't have to use it. He didn't have to use it. So any I, of that. You think it's much different here? I do think it's a lot different, and I think that's a part that we, once we watched the first round at St. Andrews last year, and everyone, like, I think the majority of the field hit, like, 90% of greens in regulation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if he didn't, you could just literally putt it up. You could putt by. it up, or you were left with, like, a 90 foot. I mean, I think Rory hit every green in regulation in the final round. Mm-hmm. He left himself with an 80-foot putt on every hole. He missed every single one, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, those are long putts. Yeah. Tough. But, like, there was, like, three holes you could drive at that course. So, d- that is that the thing that you're saying? Because that, that's the, the only thing that worries me, too. Is so, also, by the way, Hat, or Hovland has the PMAM wave. Sure. So, if he can it, really avoid that wind and get the cut for you. But, again, people do this in the 6K range. all the time. oh, I just need to make cut. No, you need to make cut. And someone that comes up the board at 9,700, it's not that you need him to win. I never fall into that because it's what others do around him and all that. But let's say he does find his way through in the good wave. He's a great player. He's an excellent player, actually, that you could easily see that work. But then if the winds do pick up heavily over the weekend, then that really 
becomes a struggle for a guy like him around those greens. And that's a problem when it's, he's almost $10,000. True. And I mean, listen, he's had good success at API, which I did call a comp course. But one of the main reasons that he's been able to have so much success at those courses is that even in the wind, he can flight his ball well and hit the greens in regulation. I'm just worried that there's a certain level of American player that Texas players play. Like, there's a reason Ryan Palmer kept playing well here. Because yeah, the, he, the Texas he, factor is huge too. By he the can way. pull yeah. out like a three wood yeah. and just like Texas wedge it up. Like he just he knows how to play those shots. Scheffler knows how to play these shots. I just don't know if Vic knows how to play these shots. Like yes, he's a European player, but he has no experience on the Euro Tour. Yeah, I, it's a, it could be a good point. That's why I said I'm, I'm flip flopping on that one. He definitely still looks good. Again for look, PMAM he, stacks, he's going to make my lineups because if he's one of the guys that comes through that wave, does end up with an advantage. I'm okay with testing the waters, but it does when you say it like that make me think about the weekend where it still matters in reverse. It's that you paid a lot for him. He does need to do something for you. And if he's coming back because of the wind over the weekend, that would be a problem. If he hits 15 of 18 greens of regulation per round, it's not going to make a difference. But he won't if the winds are like that on the weekend. So it is a good point that you brought up. And then all of a sudden he's scrambling. And then where Fitz makes par, Vic might make double. Although Vic is going to light it up in terms of birdies anyway, if he's on. You You have to kind of factor that in and out. Yeah, the other thing is, too, I actually see Vic getting, like, Hatton's getting ownership, and we know it, but let's say Hatton comes in at 20%. Where do you think Vic comes in? It's still, like, 15, 15, 16, 16. so you may as well just pick your guy that you feel pretty good about, and if it's going to be Hatton, then just roll him out, because it's a 4% difference. You're not getting some elite pivot going to Victor Hovland there at that price point. I think your, your pivot would be to go to, like, Matt Fitzpatrick and just hope he does what he can do. He's capable of it. He's obviously a better player now than he's pretty much ever been, so I think that's a good spot to go to as well. I would say he has the best tournament history of anyone here, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he looks really Fleet, solid. Fleetwood and Fitzpatrick do. And, and Xander, who we just have not mentioned once. We well, we didn't really talk about the top beyond a little bit of Scotty, but but Fitzpatrick, we will. Fitzpatrick does have that, but he also has it on other courses that are like this or similar like or setups and stuff. Yeah, like, again, he just... I didn't, I mean, you're adding that one in. That's even That's even another bonus point. But I'm just saying, I just don't understand. It doesn't seem... Like there's much love there. And I know it's also a squeeze play and you are, as I always call it, you're paying up for probability. You're go- you have to pay 9,800 for this guy, but that's kind of my point. If people are already playing Hovland, Hatton, everyone below him, is it a bad pick? No, I, I think it's fine. Let's see what the simulations say. Once again, fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off, get the weekly today, get four tournaments for the price of one. Not bad to do it. Wow. Per the simulation, Scotty Scheffler is not the favorite to win this tournament. Rory. Rory is the favorite to win yeah. this tournament by a hair. Uh, out of 1,000 simulations, Rory wins 89 times, and Scotty wins 79 times. Cantlay wins 64 times. Per betting value, the closest one to his number is Cantlay. Okay, what else do we got there? Give me a few names that stand out to you. Xander Hovland, Justin Thomas. JT, baby, 8,300. He By had, the way, he has, they, the, he has the worst made cut equity of the. Actually, no, Hovland has the worst made cut equity of the bunch who are like inside the top ten. Yeah, that's why that conversation we just had was good. But by by the way, JT is getting late steam here. It's just going to happen. He should get people late can't steam. get over. People won't Listen, be able to get past it no matter what they say. It's the opposite of they talk about it and then don't click the button. People are trying to talk shit and then are going to click the button. You, you so know what? You know what fine. people want to do and why it's we're fine. getting out ahead of this. People want to victory lap themselves with their great play of Justin Thomas when he wins. But they don't want to say it in advance because they don't want to look stupid. Mm -hmm. I am very comfortable looking stupid. Yeah, I think, again, I said it earlier, but I bet him for the number with eight places. I'm more than five. The guy literally came ninth and tenth year. (laughs) Two of the three years he played here, he was fine at the Travelers. It went away a little bit, but irons, things like that, change of scenery, all that. But I think a way better 
DraftKings play at 8,300, even if the late steam comes in, it makes it a little bit trickier because there is lots of other options in that range, but the whole range is kind of going overlooked anyway. The 8K range outside of Minwoo Lee, Aberg, maybe Adam Scott at the bottom is going overlooked. Well, I like Tom Kim. I do too. I actually don't mind Sam Burns. Yeah, Burns was, uh, again, you got to watch these recaps. Minus three after the first round last year. Yeah. Uh, Rose is probably going to be pretty popular. And Rose too. Good call. I, I would actually go with Homa, who I believe finished inside the top 15 at this tournament last 16th year. 16th last year. 16th. He was 21st at the Rocket Mortgage. Couldn't putt. Like, his putter has just gone cold. Like, when he had those decent performances at Wells Fargo and the Charles Schwab, it's because he was putting well. But, like, at the Rocket Mortgage, albeit against a much weaker field, kind of crushed it approach and driving. It's yeah. good to see. Also, 9K down to 8,300 with Justin Thomas. A lot of winners. Sometimes it's good just to play winners. Play guys Justin for- Thomas wins tournaments. Sam Burns wins tournaments. Tom Kim has won tournaments. Max, was, Max Homa was wins going for a while. Max Homa wins. Justin Rose won as much as Ricky Fowler has won up above. Just looking at it from that perspective. Sung J.M. has actually won tournaments, but we'll, we'll cancel him and people won't let me go there. But my point being... Aberg won a lot of college tournaments. Those are the winners, though. Real, like even PGA winners down here. Fleetwood never wins. Hatton, they, look again, they've won before. I'm not canceling them out. and We know why they're good plays. I'm just trying to say when you're skipping an entire range... Filled with caliber of actual winning players. Wyndham Clark literally has won twice in the last eight weeks, including a major and a designated event. This 9K down to 8,300 is actually more enticing than most are showing with the ownership. The 10 to 15% of guys that are going to certain spots here is not the same as the 20% guys above and then the top guys at the top of the board. You ever use meal kits? Like? Just having like food sent to your house, like a subscription service. HelloFresh? I mean, I wouldn't say that name. Okay, but. I absolutely wouldn't either because like we don't talk about the other one. Way to mess it up, Tambo. But yes, I do use meal kits uh, four times a week. In fairness, I used to use that one as well, switched, and it's going a lot better. You know what I hate about meal kits? You still have to do all the fucking work. Yeah, that is, that I, is true. I don't want to so. have to chop up vegetables. I don't want to have to make <laughs> rice. Like, but it's the perfect amount and it, no it, scraps. I, I understand it's the perfect amount, healthy. but I can go do that. I mean, I don't think you're allowed to say healthy as a part of that uh, description. As someone who's done ads for different places like this before, you can't promote it as healthy because people might eat too much of it. My opinion is it's better for me. Yeah, yes, the the portion sizes. So what really what I want to get down to is factormeals.com. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. This is like old school Jeff stuff here. But factormeals.com, the reason that I mentioned the other ones, because you get the shit sent to you, it takes you 45 minutes to make it, whatever. Not with Factor Meals. They send it to you. It's pre-portioned, pre-made. You heat it up yeah, I with like that. natural ingredients. So that is way better for me. I prefer that much better. I can you know, pick up the kids from school, throw something in, eat it, and boom, I'm good to go. And then like the meal planning becomes so much easier. Therefore, I'm not spending an hour a night cooking, you know, making the chicken that comes with it. You've got to cook chicken for a really long time. It's good to eat. It's delicious. But I don't want to spend that kind of time. So factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50. You get 50% off your first box. It's code mayo50 at factormeals.com slash mayo50 to get 50% off your first box. Consider I'll, it. Consider it. You people out there, consider it. And you consider it. Make I'm going to do it. Make the switch. Factormeals.com slash mayo50. Yeah, I'm in. Because the thing is too, Pat, time is money. And this is a way that even if it was the same price, you're still saving time. So in turn, you're making money by going with Factor Meals. Easy game. Like when it, it comes down to it. Lineups. All right, let's get back to it. Scotty. That's where we started, right? That's what we were doing, building a Scotty lineup. All right, so let's build a Scotty lineup. Uh, Bjork. Yep. <laughs> okay. 
Do we want to put Justin Thomas in this lineup or do we want to work around that? Let's see where we end up. Let's stay in the low. Like, let's stay in that 7K range, though. Well, let's throw Hatton in because Hatton's going to be super popular. Okay. Scheffler, Hatton, and Scheffler, Fleetwood, I think, will be your most common starts unless it's Hatton, Fleetwood with, like, the ultimate, with, like, Rye and things like that. Yeah, the one thing I struggle with, though, is the minute you put, pop this on the board, like, Scotty, Hatton, Bjork, do you think this could just pull? I'm just starting to, you know, talk out loud here, but it feels like I could see Scotty's ownership Dipping? Cu- dipping. Because, because it's $7,100. We're at 7100 now what? And again, you can. a lot of people will make cases, but no one's going to feel com- Everyone's going to feel comfortable with one guy. So someone's going to go, okay, I'm okay with, uh, who did we say at $6,900? There was like Romain. Let's say someone plays him. And they're like, okay, but now I still need to find 7300 and 73. Like they might eventually just say, why don't I just take Scotty down to another really good player like Fleetwood? Well, for example, if you want to go Bjork Hatton, and let's just say you put in Cantlay instead. Yep. All of a sudden, you have 76 per player remaining, which right. is just super easy to build. But now we, okay, so now we go Rye. Rye guy? And then maybe Herbert. Is Herbert actually going to be popular? I think so. Really? And then you land on like Bobby like... Mack or Kitayama. Yeah, th- this looks like the build right here. Can we just play Bobby Mack and Kitayama? And then you could go up Kitayama. I think. Uh, Kitayama leaves you with 7,700. That leaves you in that like little range that I don't love. But, like, this lineup seems fair. Like, Cantlay, Hatton, Rye, Herbert, Bobby Mack, Bjork. Like, I, I think people could definitely play that. What do, you, what do you have different there? I only have five guys put in. So, I have $7,700 remaining, which means... Who, who do you have, though, right now? You have Cantlay, Hatton, Cantlay, Bjork. Hatton, Bjork, Rye, and McIntyre. I'm going to take out McIntyre for Moronk. Yeah, put him fine. at 73. Now I have 78. Does that get me any? There's no one at 78 besides well, the, Rye. Th- so this is why him. Herbert gets popular. I can see that. Yeah, or Rasmus Hogard. Or, the, the, or the, Thigala. Thigala, I think. Let's, let's do Thigala. And what does that leave us? 200 bucks. Is there anyone at 7,500? Yes. Fox. Uh, Fox, there you go. Ta- take out... I think it's Moronk we take out, or do you think Bjork? Who do you think people... I, I would rather just roll Moronk and Bjork. Yeah, that's fine. I'm saying if you were taking one... Who's going to be more popular at 7,300? I think that Bjork is going to be more popular. And then I think that Dietrich or Fox is the next line. I think it's Fox. That's why I think you have the lineup here, something very similar to this one. The only thing I'm trying to figure out now is if, how do we get from Cantlay up to, I guess the better way to do it is to flip Cantlay to Fleetwood and see what we can do. Okay, let's try that. Let's do that. Or, you know what? Let's not even flip him to, Fleetwood will be more popular. Let's flip him to Fitz. Yeah, I was just trying to see the chalkier version. Okay, I'm fine see, with that. Let, let's see the chalkier version. Let's see Fleetwood and Hatton as you're starting. That mean that with this lineup, we now have eight hundred dollars left. You can get up to Aberg pretty easily. You take Fox to Aberg. You can take him to Justin Thomas too, but people are going to play Aberg. So now we have Fleetwood, Hatton, Bjork, Rye, Aberg, Thigala. And if people don't play Thigala, they can actually still play Herbert. If they wanted to. Whichever one of those, I think we're in the right zone anyway of talking through it. My point was more, and I think we're both nailing it on the head here, is that this is the range that people end up landing. And look at how many versions we just built that all landed at 7,700. That or could land at 7,700. So that's where your Herbert, your Thigalas, Rise, all become popular in this spot. Okay, so let's scratch that. Scratch the whole thing. And let's start with Scotty and Hatton and Rye again. Because I do want to make this lineup. And... Try to figure it out. I think we can go Romaine, mm-hmm. Loughton, Juiced, and that gives us 7,000. You get your boy Patrick Rogers right there. Ewan Ferguson's there. Otagi's right there. 
I was going to say Montel Jordan, but that is not how we do it. It's is this how we do it? No, that is not how we do it. What a good one. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's actually funny. This lineup projects the same as the other lineup. Okay. Like the chalky version lineup that we did that looked better on paper, this still projects almost the same. It has to be much lower ownership with Patrick Rogers, Luton, and Langask. I mean, if you take Luton out, Louton, mm-hmm. and go to Lawrence. Oh, can, yeah. You can now get to $7,300 which gets you back to Bjork, one of the Hogards, Moronk, Putnam, Cam Davis. Pick your poison. I'll put in Bjork. So Scheffler, Hatton, Rye, Bjork, Lawrence, and Langiski. And again, this so it doesn't quite get there on the projection. Who cares? But my point, it's only like five points less. My, my point would be this would be a way you could play uh, Chalky, Hatton, and Bjork. Bjork for his price a- a- area and, and angle. Hatton for just what we know being popular for good reason, probably up top. And Rye as well. And Rye as well. But now you have Scotty, even if he is. Like, this looks like a lineup with two guys at 20 with Scotty and Hatton. And Scotty could actually come down a little from what we just talked about. Then you've got Rye in that 15 to 18 range. You've got Bjork in that 12 to 15 range or less. Maybe he doesn't come in as popular as we think. And maybe it ends up being Moronk. My point being, the other two guys, Langesk and Thriston will not be owned at all. So you, you actually have a lineup that's fine. Did you know that someone told me that his name isn't actually Thirsty? It's not. Someone said that to you? Yeah. Did like you a, know this, Pat? Did yeah, you, I think did I you know, know? I had no clue. I think I know that, pal. Yeah. They <laughs> figure it the fuck out. So if you play Ross Fisher in this lineup now, instead, you, you turn Lawrence and Romain Langescu, the lettuce man, turn one of those guys into Ross Fisher, all of a sudden you have $7,400 remaining. And you can get Kitayama or McIntyre in. So now it's Scheffler, Hatton, Rye, Kitayama, Bjork with Ross Fisher. Now, this was a lineup that I actually, I didn't play enough of it last week. But when you had mentioned merit to me, that I started building lineups that were in a similar vein of this. Like, you need to get Fisher right to come top 25, top 30, whatever it is. But now your Scotty lineups are looking pretty good. Yeah, so let's do something fun and reverse this. Leave just Ross Fisher in and do what they call a bottom-up build. Okay. Bottoms up. But you can, you know, typically that's like, who's your two cheap guys? And then you go up from there. I think for what we know we're going to get to, let's get our guy JT in this So, so we're going to build like our, actually. Not, our version of like a solid Ross Fisher lineup. So we got, we got Ross Fisher. JT. Is that's where the bottom up, because we're not completely building from the bottom up, but we're starting with our bottom guy, which is Fisher. And now we've got JT. We have 88.50 left per. How about this? Cantley Xander. Do you want Cantley Xander or do you want to try starting with Fitzpatrick and leaving out the 10K range? Okay, let's do that. Fitzpatrick leaves us still 8,500. Now let's pick winners. Let's play Tom Kim, Sam Burns, and Justin Rose. It's pretty good. This is a, a winner. That, that's actually a good lineup. <laughs> yeah. If Ross Fisher can come through for you. Yeah. And you're skipping the 10K range completely. You're skipping all the guys that you'll have FOMO of in the 9K range, and you're doing something nobody else is doing in the 8K range, playing four guys. Well, very little people are doing I'm saying. Like yeah. Most people aren't playing one 8K guy, let alone multiples. So now let's take it back out. Let's take out Fitz. Let's take out Tom Kim. Take out Burns. Take out Rose. And go back to what you said. Let's go with Cantlay X. What do you make of Xander this week? I think he's fine. It's weird because... He literally won here last year. I, I, I know, but it feels like... He's just like, what, I think it's because of his price point. Yeah. It's, that he's so it close is. to Rory and Scheffler that. And people always like Cantlay, even though, again, they won't talk about it until the ownership shows it. Hey, I bet him. You bet him 15 to 1. That's what I mean. So obviously there's at least some love out there. And the point is, he's just always a guy that gets played. The numbers look good. Tita Green's, you know, superior. Like, you'll, you'll see it. 
But Xander is also that same guy. Like him and Cantley, I know they're best friends and that joke that goes along and them and their wives hang out and everything and wine country and everything there. But man, they just are so similar in the sense of not their games really to me as much as how solid they both are and just always come through at that stuff. So the two of them, you can get down to both guys at 7,400. Yeah, this, this lineup works perfectly, actually. What, what do you have? Xander, Cantley, Thomas, Ross, Fisher, Kitayama, McIntyre. Bobby Mack, so I put in two. Or you can turn one of those two into Bjork if you want to and go up to... I actually really like Doug Gim, and he's mispriced at $7,500, but another guy watching those recaps. Great round one here last year. Not really a bad finish either. 16th. Yeah. This is the conversation that someone had about like PGA Tour guys versus DP World Tour guys and wanting just to like... Well, there's no reason for Doug Gim to be more expensive than Kurt Kitayama. Like, that actually doesn't make any sense. Because? Well, Kitayama's the 29th ranked player in the world who's won an elevated oh, I, I event. Oh, sorry, I see what you're arguing now. Okay, so this... this but that's against a PG. Like, he's mispriced against PGA guys. <laughs> yeah. So this just becomes a thing, though, where then you have to say, okay, then, you're, then what you're saying, Pat, is we should be playing both. Yes. Because of how but, good they'd be playing. And that just drops JT to Aberg, and you have it. I'd rather play JT. So would I, but I'm saying like I'd this rather lineup, play I'd rather play Gim and Bjork or Gim and Moronk at the same price and then figure out different ways to fix put them in later. Like if you just drop Cantley to Fitz, you could play both of them. Yeah. That's true as well. You could you can get all of them in. But but okay, then let's go back to that. Let's let's go a little, again a bottom up build without Ross Fisher. All the guys we said. You like Kitayama. Kitayama, Doug, Gim. Doug Gim is your point that you just made there. You're good with Bjork. I'm good with Bjork. Already. Now you have 9,200. We like Justin Thomas, so we plug him in. Now you have 9,750. So what was it again? It was Bjork? Cantley Spieth, I guess. Yeah, so if you played Kitayama, Gim, Bjork as your three 7K guys, where at least two of them are probably pretty low-owned in in Kitayama and Gim, you go to Justin Thomas, who we like, and is getting, you know, he'll get some late steam, but who cares? Does Cantley Spieth actually work with that Cantley Spieth rounds that out. I, I love that lineup. Right, so that's another good lineup where, what did we do? We didn't even touch the 6K range. We skipped the entire 9K range, by the way. Now we have Spieth. Oh, sorry, yes, that's right. Sorry, we skipped the popular guys in there in Hatton, Fleetwood, Fowler. And then we said that we thought Hovland would even get like 15%. I guess Spieth could be a guy that could get 13 to 15%, but I don't... He probably should. He probably does and should, like you said. Like, who cares? But either way, he's got to be coming in. It's just not everybody can get ownership in this range. If they do then that means your Scotty and Rory and guys like that that we really didn't talk a lot about beyond building the Scotty lineups. Like, where's Rory coming in in the scene? He's just getting played because he's Rory and it'll always happen and he's still been playing pretty good too? Or what do you see happening? I, I think that the Rory ownership is going to be a direct result of what you just said about Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. When everyone gets stuck in that $7,100 range, the easiest way to alleviate all that and get yourself to... Bjork, Kitayama, Moronk, or even the seventy-five or seventy-seven hundred dollar guys, depending on what you've built, is just turn Rod, uh, Scotty into Rory. Yeah, I agree. That's why again you'll see some balance there, and that's why you just play the guy that you want. Uh, you give, you're giving up the seven hundred bucks. It makes a difference. They did do as I much mean, as people, you people made fun of the pricing this week for how soft certain guys are in their pricing. I think the strategy was good where they actually put like a $700 gap up top. They put a $500 gap in the next range from Rory to Xander. They made Xander and Cantley what they are, similar dudes, similar price points. And then they said, okay, the 9K range is another small gap and here's your options. And they all kind of make sense as options in there. So yeah, I don't mind what they did this week. It gives you a lot to think about. And it also makes me think out loud about things like that Scotty situation where it just seems tough. And I, Optimizer won't make it tough. An optimizer will just jam it and make and it. Optimizer will jam. I mean, that's what I was thinking about doing. Like, I, I've just added Scotty to my player pool. Like, the mm-hmm. more that we've talked about this, 
And especially like if I'm going to make a case for Justin Thomas and against Victor Hovland based on certain parameters that I'm going with, it all points to Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. And, Definitely. And it all points to Spieth as well, who I am going to play. Like I, I like Spieth here. And so like, that, doesn't this seem like a very speedy course? Yeah, it definitely does. In, in that lineup, if you just take out Justin Thomas and Cantlay and get Scheffler in there, you still have 6,900. There's definitely a guy you liked there. You yeah, said Romain. Romain. Th- Thirsty's down there. Yeah, like all, all those options that we talked about are there. You can have Scotty, Spieth, Gim, Kitayama, Bjork, and Romain. Let's see. What's the most ridiculous, like, 6K, jam 2, two to 3, 6K, or low 7K guys in? And get away with it. So who are the guys that I had identified? Show favorites. You like Thriston. I do. I like Kiefer. I think it's still like, isn't it like Thriston Fisher though? Is like That would be the ultimate like double low. Because you already get to a $9,200 average at that point? Yeah. So you could play that like super Fleetwood, Hatton, Spieth, whatever, whatever, whatever. Hatton, Fleetwood, Spieth leaves you 8600 for... Tom Kim, 8,500, you like. Yeah. Do you like Tom Kim or Sung Jay better? I always like Sung Jay, but... I like Tom I Kim I like them both week. this week. I like the AK range more than most because, like I said, there's guys that win tournaments in there, and the guys that people are going nuts over just because of Link's history and all this other stuff becomes good. They're good plays. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it's like you can still build differently with this range. <sighs> Who did I have at 6,700 that I liked? Because I can almost make this work. You're trying to get to Rose? No. I'll tell you in a sec. Actually, it's Lethal. We'll throw Pablo? him in instead of uh, throw him in instead of Lawrence. Thirsty, so you can get so you get Pablo instead. Throw him in. So now it's Pablo Fisher, Justin Thomas, Spieth, Fitzhatton. Spieth, Fitzhatton. Who did I have wrong there? Who was the eighty the eighty three hundred dollar guy? Thomas. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I had a different version you where get- it was Fitzpatrick Thomas for. Rose Fleetwood. Okay. Tough. Like these are the two V twos that people are like, what which one? Well, like it's who could tell you? Like that's So I got I gotta make some lineups here. We talked about Wyndham Clark and Minwoo very briefly. Lowry, I'm gonna throw into that mix too. Mm-hmm. Do you have any interest in those guys? Like are you gonna be like making them a solid player or are they just a sprinkle for you? Because I'm thinking about just outright fading. Lowry, Clark, Minwoo, Homa, Rose, Sung Jay. I, I, I like Lowry and Clark of, okay. that, of that spot. I do like Minwoo more than most, so I'm not going to take them all. I'm just saying, but in the, in the sense of I, I would have no problem if they're in your pool. I mean, to, to answer your question, I don't just want to say all of them, but I would rank them. I would have them Clark, Lowry, Minwoo. And the only reason Minwoo a little less because I think he'll get the ownership, and I think those other guys are the same right above him. Okay. Like one guy's literally winning a major. I still just one argument I was making yesterday, and I'll make it in quickly, is that Minwoo, everyone's like linking this price to his win here two years ago. That has not, like, the guy's been dominant in majors. He's been crushing at any tour that he's played on. He's been fine. You just don't follow him enough to know or pay attention or care. And sure, could he still be overpriced a little bit? Yeah, sure. But at the same time, it's not, you're not going to say it's only because he won here two years ago that he's 8,900. That's not why. Minwoo's made the cut in five straight tournaments. He has top 10s in two of the past three, top 15s in each of the past three tournaments that he's played. And then go look at the majors, the players, all the, the big events where he's Except been- for the Masters when I bet on him. But the year before in the Masters, crushed. Yeah. But he also, he day one, it was, I was feeling so good. He drove the green on number three <laughs> in round one at the Masters. Yeah. And then four putted. Yeah, that can happen. <laughs> Tough scene for Min Woo Lee. All right, I, th- I think we're doing pretty good here. So basically, when I'm looking at my player pool right now, I'm going to have to add a few players to it. Like I only have, let's see here. Let me refresh. the. I have like eight tabs open, so 
of the same screen for some reason. <laughs> Just got me back to the same screen over and over. So I'm going to probably play 150. I'm going to continue to refine. I mean, I've won the last two weeks in the mini max, like one money. Yep. Profited. Yeah. Returned like 98 bucks off 75 or something but like that. But you're building a process that you can yeah, get I'm to. Trying to you're, you're finding find what works for you and then exactly. being able to do that. So some people are like, oh, they told me trust the process. Really, oh, I don't even have one. That's kind of the point, right? That's the, yeah, and I don't it. want to waste seven hundred and fifty bucks a week finding out that process. Yes. I'd rather waste seventy five bucks a week. Yeah, <laughs> until I can figure it out a little bit more. Uh, so I have twenty three players in my player pool right now. Like from the top, I actually added in Xander and Cantlay. So that means no Rory, no Victor, no Ricky, no Fleetwood, and then it gets into a, just a big dead range of no Lowry, Clark, Lee, Homa, Rose, Im. I think you need to add some of those guys in, especially playing 150. You only have 23. I think that's where you get different anyway. And especially if you're already going to be off Rory and Fleetwood and Fowler and some of these bigger names in the 9K and the upper range, get some of these different lineups where you end up with like a Scotty and some of your 8K guys that you like. Yeah, Yeah. like that, that to me is a fine build and it gets you out of the average. Remember what we said about the Scotty Hatton lineups? That's the other angle too, by the way. Last thing quick is like Scotty and the 9K guy looked kind of shitty to us. We're like, oh, only 7,100. Guess what doesn't look bad? Scotty and the 8K guy you choose. Like a Minwoo who's like 700 bucks less than a Hatton or eight or maybe he's 900. I can't remember how much Hatton is. What is he? 700 less than Hatton. So my point there being, now that brings your average rate back up. That's what allows those Scotty lineups to work. You'll have different versions of that if you add in some Homas or some Roses or some Tom Kims that just nobody's right. really going to there and you can get away with it in your, in your pool. I got Tom Kim and Thomas from the bottom, which means like no Scott, no Connors, no Smalley. Smalley might actually be the most mispriced guy besides Doug Gibb. And you can add him in no problem. 7,900 and he's above I Rye. Think he, I think people are going to play him. Herbert, though. that. He looks like he's getting some, yeah. But again, it's all about what your overall pool is like as well. That's, that's kind of the other point there. Yeah, so it feels like I'm committing a lot to this like... 85 to 7,000, like really have my conviction plays down there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really spread it out in the sixes. I just picked a bunch of guys that I actually like that I can round out lineups. But I will set a hard limiter on, I don't know, probably 50% of my lineups that don't go into the sixes. Yep. So mix and match it that way. That means probably fewer Scotty lineups, I'm guessing. Most for, likely, but because bunch. you still have a heavy ownership in the bottom 8Ks, you'll end up with some Scotty with two 8K guys. True. Which is a good lot. Like, that's fine. It's a it's completely different roster construction. Fades the entire 10K and all the 9Ks. And the other thing about your pool, overall, whether you like it or not, you should get unique builds because you're skipping over the range that has the most ownership. Not $9,000 or ninety. 90- 300 up to 97. Well, I, I have guys. Like, I have Fitz. I have Hatton. I have Spieth. I just don't have Fowler or Fleetwood. Oh, yeah, I guess so, Victor. too. You, you were fading some of the bigger guys in there, I'm saying, with, with Fleetwood and Fowler. Yeah. Not I mean, being may, in at all. But maybe I should play Fowler. Like, I like Fowler this week. You can get it. You can definitely play him. It's fine. Added. I have to refine this here in a minute. You, you, I think, like, the 25 to 30 range for what you're doing is fine. You like playing a tighter pool. That's still very tight on 150 lines. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, now I have 25 players as a part of the pool. I... I've been finding like 35 is a good sweet spot for me. And sure. I like and when I talked to Brian on the show when he was building, he has like 80 guys in his player pool. Well, that's why when that's like one of the most common asked questions is like someone will come to me and say, Tam, how many players should be in my player pool? Well, it's a, it's a risk reward thing. The guy that has 60 to 80 players doesn't go bust. There's, there's no way he's going to get back some of his money, most likely because that again, anything could happen. My point being for the most part, though, the pool's pretty good. You have pieces of guys. You'll have the winner in there usually because you're playing almost everyone up top, all that. So you'll get some lineups that come through and you hope that spray and pray approach works. You get 3%, 1%, 2% of all the guys at the bottom for your situation. You can lose it all because if you end up with all four or six lineups, even though your pool is really good, you just didn't have it put together the right way. 
you lose it all. But if what if all your guys make the cut? Hard to do. I get it. Or what if 95% of your guys yeah, make that, the that's cut? That's the whole thing. Like, if I play 25 guys, if 20 of them make the cut, I'm doing well. You're doing very good. You're gonna. You're mostly going to profit and make money. Most cases, again, last week, totally different story. If you didn't have Straka in that 20 to 5 with 150 I, I points, <laughs> you can be in trouble, but you still profited. But it was probably less than what you were hoping yes. for the rest of the uh, For most of the week, I was well. inside, like, I had five lineups inside the top 25. But when it, yeah. And then Straka comes and ruins the day. But when it hits and goes right, and you have Straka in there 20% on top of that limited pool, now 20% of your lineups host the winner. Bunch more made the cut. You were way over on six to six. Now you've got multiple bullets at the top. And this, you don't even know what you're cheering for. I think this was you at the RBC Heritage that yeah. year with your bet and with your playoff. You're like, I thought, see, woo, my boy. No, no, no. I need Kodaira to win this now <laughs> so I win more money on DraftKings and this can work and that can work. So you're cheering for different angles, but it's definitely more of a risk versus reward thing with the player pool size. So yeah, I'll probably add it a little bit more. I'll have everything in the newsletter. If you sub to the newsletter already, or if you join it right now, that makes you eligible to be in the draw for $2,000. Playing the Listeners League as well. Scottish Open is full, but we have the full complement of over $100,000 of rake-free guaranteed money for the Open Championship, which already has 2,000 people in it. So that's going to fill by Monday, I would say. So I would it's down in the description right now. Go get your spot and reserve your spot in the Listeners League for the Pat Mayo Experience Open. If you miss out on a spot, play in yours or play in both. Play in both. Fantasy Golf Degenerates. We got so close last week, we missed about like 57 spots. They said because it didn't overlay officially that we could still be in the running for 2,500 spots at the Open next week. So we got to fill this week's though. There was 350 spots when I walked in the studio today here. Go check that out. Check out shipitnation.com. We'll get my stuff in now before you close this out. Just so you know, we talk about education. We just went through player pool strategies, things like that. Ship it Nation, innovation, education. Putting the two together. Some sites have great content. Some have great projections. We've got it all with the support system there. Like-minded individuals in the Discord that you can hang out with day in, day out. It's not just this guy versus that guy. We're talking about the strategy stuff that Pat just brought up. ShipItNation.com. And then follow me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. The tidbits are up for this week. All the free stuff from around the industry put in one place for your, for your ease on your eyes and that you can use for this week's bets and DFS play. You're getting good at that pitch. Close. Getting there. Almost. A little, little shaky at the end, almost like the, the factor foods. But we're getting that meal plan as well this week. I was in your old stomping grounds of Calgary over the last week. Nice. I was in Banff, then I was in Calgary. Sorry. And I ran into a friend I haven't seen in ages, probably like seven years. He was asking me about the show. And he's like, the one thing I really remember from the show is when you yelled at that guy when he couldn't list the thing. Yeah, see, it's the <laughs> it very. I told you that would end up being a very memorable moment. Most watched, I think, for clips. I think so, too. Has to be. Factormeals.com slash Mayo50, as I mentioned before, to get onto Factor Meals pre-made for you. Super easy to do. You don't have to spend the time actually cooking anything, which, you know, I really like. Got two little kids. I bring, I bring one to soccer tonight and bring one to swimming tonight. Get, Not a whole lot of time to make food. Get the meals. Use the code. Tag Pat and I in a photo with you with the meal. I'm giving away 100 bucks to somebody <laughs> who tags us in a picture. You save the giveaways for next week. We're so. giving away more next week. It doesn't matter. But that'll be the fun part of this. Get, get it set up. I'll get you set up. Let's see what it looks like. All right. Uh, fantasynational.com slash mayo. Get you 20% off. The four for one right now. And we had a delay in our record. Anyway, I do want to remind you that I'm Pat Mayo. I will see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience. Experience!